Sean Mize here with coaching Q&A today. Uh, Richard, looks like you've got your hand raised. Richard, you're live. Richard, going once, going twice. All righty. Not hearing Richard there. Yvonne, you're live. Hey, Sean, good morning. I hope you can hear me. I have a very bad cold. I hear you and I hear your cold both. (laughs) Okay, I just want to thank you for this. As usual, you shared valuable information. I smiled as you started because this is exactly what I set out to do for the rest of the the month. I'm actually um, booking calls for December. What you shared today, though, is um, about it not being um, a sales conversation after the person asked you the question that was eye-opening to me because I just want to share with you something that I did which happened to turn out okay and the person became my customer. This was someone who responded to, you know, things I posted on Facebook and I thanked her for um, for her support and she replied that she looked forward to, the, to um, what I wrote and she learned a lot. So I invited her for a conversation. I was very clear it was a non-sales conversation. And when we were through um, about 20 minutes, about 30 minutes, she asked about my coaching packages. Now, out of integrity, I told her, you know, well, I told you I wasn't going to try to sell you anything. And I said to her, well, let's go ahead and do a um, schedule a complimentary session and see if we're a good fit for each other. Happily, that happened, and she became my client. But what you said today sort of takes a lot of uh, stress out of that because once a person has asked you, you've asked them what value they got out of it, and they have responded, and they ask a question, I love what you emphasize. It's no longer a complimentary session at that point. It now becomes something else. So I don't have to feel I'd be acting out of integrity to go ahead and answer the question. So thank you for that. Uh, you're very welcome, Yvonne. You're, you're very welcome. You're, and you're obviously, you're absolutely right. So you can be powerful this week, Yvonne. You've got a lot of contacts. You've got a lot of people that you can contact. You've got regular web visitors. You've got past buyers, you've got people on your list, you can max this out. You know, and I've done that in the past. I've maxed it out, you know, and and, it, and it's rough sometimes. You're doing five to six strategy sessions a day, and obviously not everybody buys. I want to give you, since you're going to be doing it, I want to give you some advice that an old mentor gave me a long time ago. And I was struggling. And, and he said, he, he said, Sean, you're pushing too hard. You're 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 pushing too hard. And he said, "What do you mean?" He said, "You're desperate. You get on the phone and you're desperate." He says, "You're teaching. You got a great heart, but you're desperate. You're desperate to make the sale." And and you know, I don't know if I admitted it or not, but you know, whatever. He said, "Sean, let me ask you this: If this person doesn't buy, are you going to go hungry tonight?" Oh no. If this person doesn't buy from you, are you know, are, are you are you not going to be able to take care of your family if this person doesn't buy from you? If this person doesn't buy from you, are you not are you going to lose any sleep tonight? And, of course, I had to say, no, no, no. He said, Sean, the truth of the matter is that for any individual person, it doesn't matter if they buy. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is 
that, that your coaching is a good fit for them. And so your job should be to find a way for your coaching to be a good fit for them if it's a good fit. I mean, obviously, if you teach them something they don't need, it's not a good fit. And I've had people on the phone where, you know, I'll talk with them and I'll tell them, I just don't think my coaching is going to work for you. And obviously, if it's a sales call, that might come earlier on the call. But on a call like this, people ask about coaching. You know, I might tell them a little bit about the coaching. And then if they say, well, can I enroll? I might say, well, to be honest with you, I just don't think this is a good fit for you. And the things that we've talked about today, I just don't think it will work well for you. And I, for you. And I would not feel good morally and ethically if I took your money for something I don't think would be a good fit for you. And most of the time they go, thank you. I appreciate your honesty and transparency because I've had other people take my money and then it didn't work. And then about one out of ten people, they'll say, Sean, why don't you think it's a fit? And I tell them. And then they beg you to work with them. And then when they beg you, it changes things. Because, because now you can say, look, maybe I was wrong. Maybe you are going to put everything into it. So let me ask you this. If, if I do let you into the program, are you going to go overboard? Are you going to do everything to make it work? Because I don't want to take your money if it's not going to change your life. But the only way it changes your life is if you go overboard. And so sometimes, even those people that are not a good fit, they can turn into a good fit. Most of the time they don't. We don't want to make an effort to. But the thing is, there's no pressure on any individual. Say, I'll tell you another test I did, Yvonne. I didn't even know it was a test, but I did a whole bunch of these calls. And, and I was, I don't remember what it was that I was I had available if people asked. But if people asked, they buy a certain something. And I made a good amount of revenue right there on the calls. A couple of weeks later, a week later, I ran an opening for a coaching program. And when I did the numbers, and I, I didn't, to the best of my knowledge, I had no intention for any of these things to occur. But everybody that enrolled, I was curious. I said, how many of the people that enrolled were people that I talked with a week ago? And I can't remember if it was half the people I talked with enrolled or half the people that enrolled I had talked with. I don't remember the numbers. I guess it's not relevant. But I asked myself why. They, they didn't want what I sold on the phone, or they didn't ask or whatever, but then they bought. Why? Because just the act of having the 20-minute call with you increases trust. So even if you don't sell anything on your 20-minute calls, as long as you're selling in your list and you're selling something on your website, you'll increase trust, and then more people will buy. Because people buy based on trust, not the sales page anyway. All right. So those are my words of wisdom, Yvonne. <laughs> I hope they can be helpful. And I just think that they're targeted for you this month because that's what you're working on. Thank you, Sean. I have just really, really quick question that you didn't mention. Oh, do you send a questionnaire to people before? Because I used to do that, and what? And I, when I stopped doing it, I find it takes up a lot of time, my finding out what are their biggest challenges, what do they want to accomplish in the next 30 days, and just pick one. Do you, find, do you recommend just sending a questionnaire, have them fill that out and send it to you before the actual call so you cut out that time and you can make the 20, 30 minutes be very effective? Okay, yes, but not for that reason. I do recommend you send the questions out. And, but you're, I do not use the questions to drive my questions on the 20-minute strategy. So when we get on the 20-minute strategy, I will say, I'm so glad that you filled out those questions for me because they really help me see what's going on in your business. But I want to hear it in your own words. 
without the questions. And so then I'll ask them whatever I want to ask them, and I don't regard the questions at that point. I've read the questions, but I haven't spent eight hours on the questions. I haven't studied them. I've read them. I've read their answers, and I've read them quickly. I, I, don't, I don't need to know what color their website is for me to know whether or not I can help somebody. And so 95% of the details in those questions are not fully relevant yet. Mm-hmm. Then when we do the call, they tell me whatever they tell me. And a lot of times, something they wrote in the questions does not match up to what they just told me. And I remember because I read it. I didn't have to study them. I just read it. I read it. They told me they were struggling with these things. And I'm, I just had this picture of this person struggling with these things. And so when they tell me they're struggling with something different, then I say, well, John, you, you, you wrote on question number eight, and, and I'll pull it up. And I'll go, this is what you told me. That doesn't sound like what you just told me. How do those things fit together? When, when we do this, it allows us to go a lot deeper, and, and that can go a lot of different ways, okay? And you're not being mean or nasty or anything. You're just curious. You're just curious. They wrote something and said something, and usually there's a divergence. And when you can talk about the divergence, you really find out what's inside. Because, Yvonne, people do not tell you the critical information the first time you ask on call like this. They don't mean to withhold. They don't mean to be dishonest. But when they are used to asking questions, answering these questions in a certain way, because as and just just like in life, we're all conditioned. The grocery store, the cashier says to us, "Hi, how is your day?" My day's always fine. I may be having the worst day on earth, and it's always fine, right? I've changed that recently, just because of an awareness of this. Sometimes I'll look them dead in the eyes and go, "Man, this is the worst day of my year," and it really throws them off balance. It really does. I don't know if I can be doing that unless you inhale it. But, so the whole idea is we, as humans, we are conditioned to give certain responses. And so when you ask questions of people, the first response that they give is not deep enough for you to help them on that first response anyway. You've got to dig deeper. And so by having the answers to their questions, you have some insight on where you need to go deeper. Now, the second reason that I like the questions is because if you ask enough questions and they're pointed enough and they're detailed enough, you will ask some questions that they've never thought about before. And if they genuinely answer the questions, they will grow as a result of answering the questions and they will either A, be more qualified to work with you as a result of growing, or B, they'll go, wow, Yvonne is brilliant because I didn't even have to get on the phone with Yvonne and I learned things that are going to help me. Because just in answering the questions, they learn. And then I want to give you one more thing. The third thing is, if somebody sends you questions, the answer's back, and it's obviously only spent three minutes on the questions, um, I call them on it. I'll write them back, and I will say, hey, I noticed that you didn't spend much time answering these questions. How important is solving this problem to you? And if they get offended and, and don't get on the phone with me, great. Because I haven't wasted my time with somebody that's not serious. Because if they can't put an hour into those questions, then why should I spend an hour of my time with them? And obviously, we're not asking them to put a certain amount of time in, but they do need to put some real thought. Because if they're not serious about answering those questions, they're not going to be serious about doing the work that you give them. Uh, One more thing, Yvonne. I like to give people a test exercise with instructions. 
And if, people, if I give people instructions sometimes to do things a certain way, about one, or one out of ten or one out of five people will not do it the way that I ask them to because they have a better way, that's not a good client. Why? Because in order for you to be successful doing things the way that I teach, you've got to be willing to take instructions from me. I'm not saying you can't do whatever it is, but I'm not saying you can't be a good client for somebody else. But if the respect isn't there for you to do things the way I ask in a print document before our first call, it's obvious to me that you're going to be bucking me all the way and you're not going to get results. And I only want to take on clients for whom I can get results. I only want to take on clients for whom I can get results. I don't want to take any client because I need to make an extra 500 bucks today, ever. I want to only take on clients that I can change their life. Okay, now hopefully I can change enough clients that business and life is good. But if, if, if I've got somebody in front of me that's not going to do the work or that has an attitude with me, it's not my responsibility to be lovey-dovey with their attitude. It's not my responsibility. It's not my family. Okay? It's not my family. It's not my friends. It's a client. And if the client isn't respectful enough, to, to not argue with you all the time and to not do it the way that you ask them to do it. And if they don't even do it right when you ask them before they even get on a free call, they're probably not going to follow directions when they hire you. And that's not a good client. And good clients drag you down. They take away from bad clients, drag you down. They take, you away, take away from you from good clients. They put you in a bad mood for the good client. And then you cheat. You end up, you don't even realize it, but you cheat some of your good clients because of how your bad clients have treated you. And it's better to just not have the bad clients. So hopefully that was helpful and that answered your question, Yvonne. Yes, very helpful. Thank you, Sean. You're very welcome. <laughs>